We're taking you from sideline to sideline and everything in between. It's your one-stop shop for all things football. Join me, Aaron Mukes, every Wednesday and Friday for fresh takes, breaking news, fantasy gold, and more. College and NFL, we got you covered. This is Sideline to Sideline, the podcast. All the spotted. The kick is away. And the kick is... It's going on! The jump is In trouble. Here comes the rush. And here's the hit. And a lot. Second down attempt. Ladies and gentlemen, now your host, Mr. Aaron Mukes, and his co-host, Akeem. This is your one-stop shop for all college and NFL football. Here is Sideline to Sideline. Welcome back into Sideline to Sideline, the podcast. I am your host, Aaron Mukes, alongside my co-host, David Gonzalez. What's going on, David? Man, happy to be here, man. Week five is over. We moving and grooving. Man, I can't even believe what five weeks are done in the season. But hey, uh, I think the best football is yet to come. We got a lot to talk about, man. A lot of things happening in the league, from COVID games to injuries to some big games from some what, where do they come from type players? No doubt, no doubt. We got a lot of fantasy implications due to this COVID stuff. Um, we're obviously recording this after the Monday Night Football game, and the week's not even over. We got football tomorrow on Tuesday. Um, I'm going to start off by saying I'm pissed off right now at Sean Payton and the New Orleans Saints. I lost by one point in a fantasy league because they didn't want to give Alvin Kamara one touch in overtime. So <laughs> Sean Payton is dead to me. I'm pissed off right now, but uh, I go to four and one in that league and I would just keep it pushing. But let's get right into it, man. First off, I want to say thanks for everybody that's been listening to the show. Um, Again, we've been getting good reviews. Let's keep it rocking. I want to get right into last week. Obviously, big news over the weekend. Dak Prescott, uh, one of the top-rated fantasy quarterbacks, breaks his ankle. Um, He suffered a a dislocation and then a compound fracture and he is done for the year. So let, let's get right into that, man. I want you, I want, I want your opinion on what that's going to do to fantasy owners who maybe didn't have a contingency plan. I know a lot of people that, that drafted Dak Prescott had seen, he never missed a game. He was, he's been durable. He plays in an explosive offense. What do they do? I mean, tell me, what, what do they do? All fantasy owners, do you guys want the good news or the bad news first? Because um, you know, losing Dak Prescott, he is a, a talent in himself. You can't replicate that. He, you know, uh, not only can he um, command an offense, he low turnovers, um, and he's one of those guys that you just believe in, and he's been putting up monster numbers. Like, and I'm talking about throwing for over 400 yards, throwing for four TDs, catching a TD this past game. Like, what the hell? Like, what else can he do? What can't he do, I should say? And so um, I guess the, the good part is that, you know, you, you have somebody, you know, and I'm going to – I don't know if I should say the good part, but it's going to be a decent part. Uh, I'm not going to completely, full-heartedly say Andy Dalton can do Dak Prescott numbers, but I'm going to go ahead and say that 
that Dallas offense with the with the pieces that he has around him, the CD Lambs, the Amari Cooper, Michael Gallup, and Zeke, those players aren't going anywhere. So what Andy Dalton needs to do is put the ball in their hands. And a, a fun fact, which is the good news, I should say, is that Andy Dalton passed the ball to Amari Cooper, CD Lamb, Michael Gallup three times apiece. So he's targeting his his big hitters. Um, so if you guys have the opportunity to use your, you know, your budget, your your waiver budget, your if you have a high waiver priority in fantasy football, it's a good time to go ahead and use that Randy Dalton, especially if you're in your super flex league. I'm gonna go ahead and recommend him um, as using at least 60% of your um, budget and up if it's a super flex league. Um, I think that he's one of those players that, you know, he can possibly help win you a super flex league because that offense is so potent. And I'm not saying that he's the most talented player. I just think that his weapons are going to be there regardless. And they're going to, Amari Cooper is going to catch touchdowns regardless of who it's from. CD Lamb is a beast. And Michael Gallup has shown that he can catch the long ball and make splash plays. And Ezekiel Elliott, you know, arguably the best running back in the league right now, um, you know, in terms of fantasy production, in terms of somebody who's going to just be there every week for you. Um, he's not going anywhere either. So what, what are your thoughts, Aaron? Um, one thing I'll say about Andy Dalton is we can't forget that he was a starting quarterback in this league for a long time. And he, he was fantasy relevant um, at certain points throughout his career. He's played in big games. The moment's not going to be too big for him. And this will be by far the most talented offensive weapons that he has had around him. And I think that, I think that he's very capable of still being fantasy relevant. So although I'm not as high on him as, you know, obviously if, as if Dak Prescott was behind center, but I do think there's some value there. And I, I'm, I'm with you. I think that people that may be looking for a quarterback or maybe they didn't have a, a solid backup should go out and spend for Andy Dalton um, on the waiver wire. Uh, one thing I want to do. Yeah, yeah, no doubt. I mean, no doubt. If, if you're, if super you're, flex if you're or, running a two quarterback yeah. league or you're yeah. in super flex, you, you don't really have a choice at this point in time. Um, it, it may save your season. So um, I also want to talk about Ezekiel Elliott. I think he might get an uptick in usage. Um, if you looked at the first four or five weeks, they hadn't ran the ball as many times as I would have anticipated. He was touching the ball a number of times, um, you know, out of the passing game. But I do see them running a little bit, running the football a little bit more and kind of building off that play action and looking for those big plays down the field. So C.D. Lamb and Gallup, um, I, I, I kind of keep them where they're at. I don't really downgrade them from where I had them before. Um, if anything, our defense is, you know, the, the Cowboy defense is still atrocious. We saw that they couldn't stop the Giants. The Giants hadn't scored but three offensive touchdowns through the first four weeks, and Dallas let them go up and down the field and score. So I think the defense is still bad, and the Dallas Cowboys will still have to – uh, score points in order to 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 be in game. So, I'm with you on I'm with you on Andy Dalton. Um, let's move on though. Obviously, we're gonna have a lot of talk about Dak Prescott throughout the year and missing him, and we'll see what Andy Dalton does. But let's move to some of these games uh, this weekend. Let's not touch too much on last week. I, you know, last week was kind of a low scoring fantasy week. Um, I had a, there was a lot of players that were anticipated to do good things that didn't, and there were some players that. We expected, like you pointed out, Adam Thielen that did, you know, produce the way they were supposed to produce. And we will get into that stuff when we get into our optimal lineups. But there's a couple of big matchups this week that I kind of want to touch on. 
at least far as fantasy uh, value goes. Number one being the Vikings and the Falcons. Uh, last night we saw Dalvin Cook go down with a growing injury, and he's been he scored the most touchdowns for running back this year or rushing touchdowns, and he might be out this week. They're playing the 0-5 Falcons. They just replaced their entire coaching staff. Uh, I, I think that Minnesota may take the cautious approach, and I'm really looking forward to seeing Alexander Madison see a bulk of touches in this game. And if you were fortunate enough to have the handcuff for Dalvin Cook or you're able to get him off the waiver wire, I really like what he's going to bring to the table there. And then we also saw the bounce back game from Calvin Ridley this week. And we know Minnesota's secondary is suspect. So I really like Calvin Ridley in this one. Yeah, so. Um, I, I'm going to agree with you this week. There's no reason for him to play a team. Uh, so if you can get Dalvin Cook healthy with a groin injury for two weeks, and have them, you know, they have a big game coming up against Green Bay right after. Um, I, I really think that you have to get them healthy. So um, expect Dalvin Cook to be out this week. There's no reason to rush him back against the Falcons. Um, I, you know, it's one of those things where, you know, Thielen, Justin Jefferson will be enough. The Falcons can't stop, uh, stop a nosebleed. They can't, they can't seem to do anything right. And, um, you know, from the owner's standpoint, it looks like uh, they're just going to be cleaning house, like you said. So um, in, in terms of – they might start going the youth version. So if you have a chance to get somebody like a Brian Hill, you may want to go do that. Yeah, we, uh, we saw Brian Hill get some touches. Todd Gurley has had back-to-back -back pretty big weeks, but the Falcons seem to be kind of blowing it all up. I think it, I mean, I think it's smart. Julio's been out. Matt Ryan has struggled and been a huge disappointment. So I'm, I'm with you there. I, I think uh, Dalvin Cook sits this one out, and I think Minnesota wins even without him. The Atlanta Falcons are a complete, Easily. They're a complete mess. Um, I, I, it's kind of one of those things where it's like, you know, the double-edged sword did uh, Julio make Matt Ryan, but uh, I guess we'll <laughs> – Yeah. Uh, that's <laughs> speaking a little bit too much into it, but what do, what, what do we got next? Um, you know, we – we never talk about the Jets on this show, so we're gonna. I'm gonna talk about the team that played the Jets last <laughs> week, but we're not gonna talk about anything about the Jets. Okay. So we saw we saw Kenyon Drake, sure. um, I, I kind of bounce back. Um, we see that he's still getting the bulk of the touches in the backfield. He was he had 18 to three on carries over Chase Edmonds. He only rushed for 60 yards, but he did get in the end zone. Again, it was against the Jets, so I'm not looking too much into that. But one thing I found interesting was. He's not being targeted in the pass game anymore. And I think that was a huge part of what his value offered to start the season. Chase Edmonds has six targets, five catches, 56 yards, and Kenyon Drake only had one target. So do you see Kenyon Drake as uh, still that RB1-2, or do you see him more as a low-end RB2 um, due to the touches and just the Chase Edmonds being in the mix and the way Cliff Kingsbury seems to be using them? Seems like we might have some technical difficulty here. Can you hear me, David? All right, well, we'll keep it rocking shit. Um, I want to move on. We're going to talk about the Rams and the Rams uh, backfield. We saw once again, um, touches were split between the Rams, between Daryl Henderson, Cam Akers, and Malcolm Brown. And it just looks like it's going to be a running back committee by committee for the remainder of the year. I don't really know what to think here. Daryl Henderson did get in the end zone. 
but it's going to be kind of this up and down roller coaster of a ride um, as we move through the season. Um, is there anybody that is going to jump out and take that role of that lead back? Um, who we, we don't know. We'll see. Um, I still like Daryl Henderson as the lead guy there. It looks like they're using him more in the passing game and he looks explosive. He looks to be the best back at the moment. Um, but I'm unsure if that's going to last um, the healthier Cam Akers gets. And then we have, we have Carson Wentz and the Eagles. Um, we, we talked about Carson Wentz and the Eagles and how Carson Wentz hasn't played up to his potential. One thing I was really impressed with, with the Eagles this week was Miles Sanders. He had a big run. Um, he was able to score a touchdown. Uh, I, I really, I really like the way they've been using him. He's obviously the lead guy there. And if you drafted him early in drafts, especially in dynasty or Devi drafts, you're going to reap the benefits. I think going forward, I think Miles Sanders is going to be an elite back in this league. Um, you see the athleticism is there. The potential is there. And I, I don't know. I just, I just think, I just think he, he's something special. So as we move forward, continue to use Miles Sanders, put him in your daily lineups. Um, he, he's somebody that, that's worked catching passes out of the backfield and he should be used in all formats all the time. We're going to try to get David back on the line here in a minute, but this is live. So we got to keep it pushing. Let's move on. Let's move on. Let's talk about the matchup of the week in my eyes. And that is the four and one Cleveland Browns and the four and O Pittsburgh Steelers. Who would have thought at the beginning of the season that we would have said, Four and one Cleveland Browns against four and zero Pittsburgh Steelers being the game of the week. I am excited to watch this one. Kareem Hunt showed out last week with uh, Nick Chubb on IR. It was very very clear that he is the lead guy. All those people that went and spent money on Dearness Johnson because they thought he was going to get some playing time as a result of the Cowboy game. Uh, we kind of told you it wasn't really worth it. Uh, Dallas Cowboys defense can make anybody look good. They make Daniel Jones look good. Something I was really excited about with the Pittsburgh Steelers, Chase Claypool. Man, what a game. The fantasy star of the week. This man is an athletic. He's a freak. He has a freak of a body, freak of an athlete. And, you know, Deontay Johnson keeps getting hurt. And I, I, I'm a big fan of Deontay Johnson. I got him in a lot of different leagues. But – I'm concerned about him and Juju because Chase Claypool looks like a bona fide star. It's, it, he just looks like an absolute bona fide star. And if he can continue to, to progress the way he's progressing, and obviously Ben Roethlisberger looks like he likes him. Mike Tomlin is giving him the playing time. Uh, Chase Claypool is somebody, if you, have waiver wire money, go out, spend the money, get them. Even if it's not next week, you're paying for down the road because he's going to be an impact player. And if you have him in Dynasty or Devi, congratulations. You got yourself DK 2.0. Welcome back to Sideline to Sideline. Thank you for staying with us. We got David back on. We had a little bit of technical difficulties. 
Um, David, I was just letting everybody know about Chase Claypool and the week he had and kind of where I saw him going forward and how lucky those Dynasty and Devi draft uh, owners are. Uh, let us know, what, what are your thoughts about Claypool and where he fits in that Pittsburgh offense? And uh, obviously the monster week, uh, he, he looks special, man. What do you think? Well, you know, I, I think that a, a guy like Claypool coming out of Notre Dame with that natural big frame, what is it, six four, six five, got speed, good hands, strong hands at the point of catch. Um, you know, he, he really looks like a guy, like a, a bigger Larry Fitzgerald to me, honestly. And I'm not saying that he is Larry Fitzgerald, but I'm saying that he looks, he's, uh, in, in terms of his body size and the way he contorts himself and catches the passes, I really like that 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 kind of a fluid pass catcher, but he's so big still. He can he can really maneuver himself in the air and still catch those underneath passes, kind of like Larry Fitzgerald. But I'll say this about he had 11 targets. That is awesome to me. That is music to my ears as a fantasy owner, as a dynasty owner, as somebody who could keep him in a keeper league. He is somebody, and he had 72% of the team's air yards. That's awesome. To me, that's looking like, you know, Juju Smith-Schuster, Deontay Johnson, you guys are expendable. I don't think you guys may be getting those paychecks that you guys were hoping for. And Chase Claypool got next. Is he going to be consistent like that all year? That's the question, right, Aaron? Yeah, That's so – the big question. I kind of brought and that no, up. No. <laughs> I, I kind of brought that up with, with the fact that Deontay Johnson's been hurt. Um, and I'm a big Deontay Johnson guy. I think he has a ton of talent. Um, I've actually been on the record as saying Juju Smith-Schuster is the one who's expendable because I don't think Juju's as good as everybody thinks he is. I think he benefited from Antonio Brown. And we saw a lot of that with Big Ben being hurt. He, st- he wasn't able to produce like the elite receiver they, they wanted to call him. And when you look at these elite receivers, the DeAndre Hopkins of the world, I've watched DeAndre Hopkins produce with no quarterback, with Matt Schaub, with you know, whoever else Houston's had at quarterback, Brandon Whedon's of the world. Uh, I don't see Juju as that guy. I think Juju needs a quarterback um, in order to, to produce. So I think Juju, um, who I believe has a contract coming up, I think he's the one that's going to be expendable. I think they let him walk. Uh, I think with the emergence of Chase Claypool, I think they could let him walk. You still have Deontay Johnson. You still have James Washington there. Um, and then uh, they got that young guy who was also looked pretty good yesterday. I forget his name. And then you add, um, you know, Claypool and with Big Ben, I, I think that, that that works. So I'm with you. I don't think the value's there for the rest of the season like it was yesterday. But I do think there's value there. And I, I, would, I would be willing to throw something on the waiver wire because I know when guys have big weeks like that and they already had a ton of potential, the quarterback and the coach is going to look at him and be like, man, this guy's special. We need to get him the ball more. So I, I can definitely see them using him going forward. Obviously, he's not going to score four touchdowns a week. But Chase Claypool is definitely somebody but that, I think that and, has value. And, and, and just to top off this conversation, I think that the big winner is Big Ben. Look, he has all these weapons now. Absolutely. Um, it's, not, it's not just Juju. It's not just James Conner. He's got a multitude, a plethora of weapons. And Big Ben, you know, that is going to bring the fountain of youth and extend your career a little bit the more weapons you have because it's going to hide some of your deficiencies. Absolutely. So that's kind of that's how I – yeah. Very good point there. I like that. Um, we, we also saw um, somebody I want to kind of point out play a little bit yesterday. 
I mean, that was Anthony McFarlane, who uh, I kind of think he's going to take over as that number two back behind James Conner. And he got, you know, he got a couple of touches. Benny Snell still got seven carries, but he's inefficient. He doesn't look very good. And again, he's Benny Snell. So look out for Anthony McFarlane as the season goes on. He started the season hurt. Um, I expect him to get him more involved in the passing game as the season goes on. Let's keep it pushing. I want to talk about Baltimore. Baltimore has been a team that obviously we thought was one of the best in the league. I want to talk about Lamar Jackson and how, you know, last year's number one fantasy player or fantasy quarterback and the expectations that he had coming into this year. I, I don't want to say I saw this coming, but I traded, <laughs> but I did trade Lamar Jackson in a, in a, in a couple of dynasty drafts, not because I don't think he's talented. By no means do I think, do I think that, but I see the writing on the wall as with every running quarterback, when teams start to, to try to establish them as a passer and, and work on that and take the running away from them. And then we see the value change and Lamar's a really good runner. Like that's where most of his fantasy value comes from. And they don't really have the weapons on the outside to consistently throw the ball to produce fantasy numbers. And if he's not running and they're just trying to work this passing game and get it better, I, I think his fantasy value suffers. And we're seeing it now. He's like, you know, the 10th fantasy, eight, eight to 10 fantasy quarterback, which is fine. I mean, it's still QB one. He's decent, but a lot of people were drafting him in the second, third round, right ahead. I'm in the first round, some yes, in the first or near Mahomes, And the value is just not there to me. Um, so, so where do you kind of have Lamar now? I have him as my quarterback number seven and that's in, in redraft or dynasty. I have him as seven in redraft um, in dynasty. He's a little bit higher. Um, again, because I think the development of the pass game gets. I, it. I have Lamar top five in in uh in redraft. In redraft, I have him top five. But I don't think that you should expect the thirty point fantasy. You know, uh, eighty to one hundred yards rushing with three to four TDs that like he was doing last year. What was very concerning about this season and especially this past week, he missed two days of practice. He had a knee injury they're seeing that he's not as invincible as he was. And people are going to start hitting him and hitting him hard. And similar to like a guys in the past, like you mentioned, you know, you can only take so many NFL hits from these guys. They're 260 pounds. They're coming at you full speed. And, you know, they're, you're one hit away from having a career ending injury. So to me, um, even though he is, you know, a top five quarterback and dynasty, I'm a little bit scared being a dynasty owner of him. And, you know, not to say that I didn't see this time coming. It's just more of a situation where you're right. Harbaugh is trying to force him in the pocket, make him throw. And that's not where his bread and butter is. And that's not what fantasy owners want to see. So, yeah, um, I'm waving the flag a little bit. But at the same time, at his, I shouldn't say worst, but at his kind of mediocrity, he's still putting up top five numbers, to say the least. And it'll be inconsistent, but it'll be there. Big weeks. No doubt. And, and, that, and that defense helps. They get the ball back a lot. They run a lot of offensive plays. Um, that, we, see all, we saw it again this past week. They, they should have shut out Cincinnati. I don't know what the hell they were doing, kicking a field goal with like 13 seconds left or whatever it was. They didn't want to get shut out. But that defense helps them a lot. It keeps them on the field. But I, I, I just think going forward, I have, I have six guys 
I mean, I, I want to list them off. I got I got Russell Wilson. Yes. I got Aaron Rodgers. We'll I have see. I have Patrick Mahomes. Yes. I have Josh Allen. And and, I, and you might you might you might laugh at this one, but I I kind of. I kind of I'm about to be honest. I got Teddy Bridgewater up there. <laughs> I've been watching the way that they're playing and uh-huh. this the last couple of weeks and then looking at their st- schedule going forward. Teddy Bridgewater is is impressing me. And I know you're not a Bridgewater guy, but I like the way he's playing football. I also like the way Derek Carr is playing football. One of them is going to be in my top 6. The other person is mm. Kyler the other person is Kyler Murray. Um, I think Kyler Murray, obviously, he runs the ball and he's been electrifying, so he's up there. But I, I really like those two. I really like the, the sleeper of Teddy Bridgewater and Derek Carr. Uh, Teddy Bridgewater did it again. He went 27 to 37. He had 313 yards and two TDs. And I know it was against the Atlanta Falcons, but we've seen this from Teddy Bridgewater now for a couple of weeks. It hasn't just been against them. We saw it against. Uh, the Arizona Cardinals. He ran for a touchdown. He had 32 yards rushing. He threw for another two. I, I think his his fantasy value is on the rise, and I'm interested to see where it goes the rest of the year. I know you don't like that. No, uh, you know what? And I'll take it even deeper. He was five and zero with the New, New Orleans Saints. He showed that he was can get the ball to the playmakers. That's all the reason why he was chosen ahead of Cam Newton. You know, so. He's, he's always been a, you know, and I like his story. He's, he's resilient, kind of like the Alex Smith situation, come back. I think he's got a good shot at comeback player of the year kind of thing, you know, if, he, if they make him eligible. But, no, he's throwing the ball, he's running the ball, and, you know, he's not doing anything wrong that can make you lose a game. So, I, I, don't, I wouldn't put him in top six. I, I think that's a little bit – you're reaching Mukes, uh, maybe uh, – maybe a prisoner of the moment, but he's playing some really good football right now. Rest um, of season, players. Teddy Bridgewater, top <laughs> six. There we are, bold takes. I'll actually say that um, you were, you uh, mentioned a guy named Derek Carr, who is on my favorite football team. And, you know, I've been banging the drum on getting rid of him because we've been stuck in me- mediocrity for the past Oh, uh, ho-hum, 20 years. <laughs> and not to say that's uh, <laughs> Derek Carr's fault, but, you know, he's showing some things to me that, you know, throwing the ball down the field. I was concerned that he was in the Sam Bradford territory where he was only going to make the easy, safe pass, the Alex Smith passes. Well, he hasn't had anybody to throw it to. Which is true, which is very hey. true, except for he had Amari Cooper. But – that's neither here nor there, but he is getting the ball to rugs. He's getting the ball down the field and he's taking some chances. So respect to him. Um, even though I do feel like we need a change of scenery, uh, he's at an all time high in value. If we can flip him for, uh, to the giants or to, you know, whoever else will, uh, we, we can get some huge capital because we're not going to win. Even though we did beat the chiefs, good win to the Raiders, Las Vegas Raiders out there, man. Um, we're not going to be sneaking up on everybody every, every week like that. So I will say this, the Raiders are, I've talked about the Raiders a lot. Uh, everybody knows I've spoken about them and how I feel about their, my sleeper team. The Raiders are a different team when Henry Ruggs plays football. And you saw it yesterday, the chiefs defense, which has been good for, was absolutely terrified 
of Henry Ruggs' speed. That threat. What did I, who did I compare threat, Henry Ruggs to? Tyreek Hill. Yes. That speed, I'm telling you, watch the secondary. They didn't want to get beat deep, and they still got beat deep twice, but they didn't want to get beat deep, and it left a lot of space for Derek Carr to throw the ball. Uh, Josh Jacobs up the middle. Uh, Waller. We, we see other guys get involved, and then you hit those big splash plays with Ruggs. And like you said, if Derek Carr's willing to throw those, they're going to be there. The Ra- Look at the games the Raiders have lost. Look at the impact that, that Henry Ruggs, when he's been out, has made on that offense. Henry Ruggs is an X factor. I know he's a rookie, and sometimes receivers don't make that kind of impact, but his speed is, is huge, even if he's not catching balls. That speed on the field is absolutely huge. I'm telling you, look out for the Raiders. I, I know nobody wants to believe it, but they're going to be, they're going to be a problem this year, and they're going to give Kansas City all they can handle in that division. I hope so. We play our divisional teams very strong and, you know, playing Kansas city goes back strong, goes back some years and, you know, shout out to them for, you know, um, being as good as they are and they're going to keep being good for a lot of years. But, you know, I, I really hope the Raiders, um, you know, with Josh Jacobs and, and Abram and, you know, a lot of these guys, young DNs and, you know, I hope we can put it together, man. But, uh, as a as a Raider fan, I am skeptically optimistic. I am more optimistic about your Cowboys and how they bounce back and how they're going to win the NFC East. Yeah, man, my Pop Warner football team can win the NFC East. <laughs> <laughs> I don't even want to talk about my Cowboys. I'm depressed today. All right, man, let's get to it. Once again, David Gonzalez has done it again. He got me for the fifth straight week in the optimal lineup. Um, I was happy with the showing. Um, it was really close. You got me by eight points, 143 to 135. Your player of the game was obviously Sunday night, Adam Thielen. We mm-hmm. talked about it. We spoke how Seattle's secondary is bad, and Thielen was the play, and, and you were right on. You were right on there. Um, obviously, Keenan Allen. We, we, hey, shout out to our listeners real quick, because we literally talked about how Seattle's secondary, secondary was horrendous. We said Adam Thielen was the play. Go ahead and rewind. Listen to us, because who knows what we're going to say for next week? Who knows what we're going to talk about and give you a heads up? We've talked a lot about these guys like Gaskins, who had a touchdown. He had 20-plus fantasy points. We talked about some of these other young players. We talked about Daryl Henderson. He had two TDs. We talked about uh, Tanyan. We talked about a lot of these guys before they blew up. So um, keep listening to the show. Sideline to Sideline is bringing you heat. And they're probably going to bring you to the next player to win your league or take you to that win that you need to win your league. So straight up, um, keep listening, y'all. Titles on titles. That's what we bring you is titles. You keep listening, we bring you titles. All right. So one thing thing that stood out really is Zach Ertz, another bad game. You had him in your optimal lineup. (laughs) He looks looks like a shell of himself. I don't know if it's him. I I don't know if, if it's him. I don't know if it's Carson Wentz. I don't know if it's because they won't pay him and he doesn't want to be there. So maybe they're not targeting him as much, mm-hmm. you know, so they can kind of justify, Hey, you're not producing. Uh, I'm, I, I was thinking that too. I don't know what it is, but I'm, 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 I'm off the Zach Ertz uh, as an elite tight end this year. I just, I kind of think that the Philly wants to move on from him and they're going to start looking elsewhere. Obviously they have Dallas Goddard when he's healthy, but I think that could be a reason why he's not seeing that many looks. And I'm not saying they're sabotaging 
but you know, it's easy to draw up plays for guys, right? And if you don't want to get somebody involved or you have other guys that are there, maybe you don't go to them as much. And we saw, you know, undrafted, undrafted guys getting more looks than Zach Ertz. And it's, uh, it's, it's, it's bad. Like he's been playing really bad. So I don't know. I mean, that's the, the, re- the reality of the thing is we've heard the rumors on Twitter about how Ertz had arguments with the GM about his contract, uh, shouting matches. And we know from football insiders that what happened to, you know, Bill O'Brien when he had a shouting match with his coordinators and J.J. Watt, he got fired. So when you start to have those internal issues, you know, it doesn't look good for your outlook. And whether that extends to the field, that's, that's all speculation. We're not saying it is, but, you know, it's, it's terrible that we're hearing these things. And the output the last two games has been awful. I'm, I'm sticking him in my optimal lineup like a, like a clown. I might as well just put the clown hat on. <laughs> yeah, it's, it, it's, been, uh, it's, it's been bad. Um, on my side, James Robinson was disappointing. He had a fumble. They didn't use him as much as I thought. After he fumbled, I, I, I noticed that he wasn't getting many looks. So I think Doug Marone got a little irritated by that. They were playing from behind. Um, so he didn't perform the way I thought. But – DJ Moore had a uh, had an interesting game. We talked about Robbie Anderson. They actually both had really good games, but DJ Moore had that big splash play, and I was able to get him in my lineup, and he scored me about twenty fantasy points. So that was good. Mark Andrews with another with another good game. He's been he's been consistent outside of a couple of you know just duds. Um, everybody else was kind of in the middle. They were just decent to good. The only other disappointment was Tyler Lockett. I thought he would go a little bit harder against Minnesota. And he was unable to do so. It was a DK Metcalf game. And that boy, DK Metcalf, is a different level of talent. And for all those teams that passed up on him in the draft, boy, you're now paying for it. Because DK Metcalf, the the guy who, quote, unquote, can't run routes and is is only going to be a deep ball threat, um, he looks like an elite receiver in this league. And he's in a a, a run-first, quote, unquote, run-first offense. Uh, I can only imagine where his career goes from here. He's going to be special. So what do we have this week, David? We're going to get into our optimal lineups. I'm going to go first this week since you went first last week. I'm down fucking five weeks. I got to do something. Um, It's getting ugly. It's getting ugly over on this side. So I got to put something together. So I'm going to start off first with uh, the easiest play for me, and that's Kyler Murray against the Dallas Cowboys defense. (laughs) I I, (laughs) – the Dallas Cowboys defense it can, cannot stop anybody. If we can't stop Daniel Jones, I can only imagine what Kyler Murray is going to do to our defense. I have Kyler Murray going at quarterback. For my running backs, I have, I have Derrick Henry um, against the Texans. I think it's a, it's a good spot there. Houston's still bad against the run, even though they, they were able to stop Jacksonville. I think Tennessee's more of a, a run-heavy, run-built team. So I think Derrick Henry goes hard there. And I'm also going to take uh, Jonathan Taylor. Um, for Indianapolis against the Cincinnati Bengals. I think they get a lead. I think they run the ball a ton. I like that matchup. At receiver, I am going to go Kenny Galladay. Um, Detroit's off a bye week. They play Jacksonville. Ooh, sexy pick. Yeah, I really like, I really, really like that matchup. And then I'm going to take Devontae Adams against Tampa Bay. And mainly Jesus. because – Are you I, reading my mind, bro? <laughs> I think it's going to be a – Tampa Bay is really good against the run. Aaron Jones should still get his, but I think they're going to have to rely a little bit more on Aaron Rodgers and Aaron Rodgers to Devontae Adams coming back. I, I like that 
a lot. Uh, where else did I have? Uh, I also have Allen Robinson against the Panthers. I think Allen Robinson <laughs> is is the Calvin Ridley of this week. I think, you know, that he's going to see a ton of targets. And obviously Nick Foles, you know, the Tom Brady killer, you know, the, the GOAT, Nick Foles will make sure he gets the ball. Um, so I'm going, I'm going to go Allen Robinson there. Uh, my tight end, I didn't even look at tight end. My tight end is going to be Mike Gusecki. It's going to be mm. Gusecki against the Jets. I always got to take somebody against the Jets because I hate the Jets. And my defense <laughs> is going to be the Dolphins defense against the Jets. So I got Kyler Murray, Derrick Henry, Jonathan Taylor, Kenny Galladay, Devontae Adams, Allen Robinson, Mike Gusecki, and Miami defense. What do you have, David? I'll go start with my defense. I'll go New England against Denver. I'm going to start with that. And then I'm going to go with David Montgomery against Carolina. And I'm going to double back with Mike Davis. Mike Davis, good pick. Uh, I'm going to take I really want to go Zach Ertz again, but I just literally like he. I really like I really 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 want to go Ertz, and I think this is one of those ego things where it's like you can't be wrong. You can get three times in a row. You can't. You can't. I mean, I'm what? not going to be mad if you do. I need a win. I need a win, so I'm not going to be mad if you do. But give me the guy who said that the loss was on him against the Raiders and that he needs to play better. Kelsey. Give me that guy, Travis Kelce. Give me Devontae Parker against the Jets. Give me Stefan Diggs against the Chiefs. What do I need? Two receivers? Quarterback and a receiver. Give me. Give me Kenny Galladay. And, and the quarterback. Uh, you going to go for Alex Smith? Welcome back, Alex Smith, by the way. <laughs> yes, yes. And, and uh, I think that, you know, even though Dwayne Haskins – hasn't shown that he is, you know, an elite quarterback or anything looking towards that direction. I still think that he was benched a little bit early. Wait, hey, early. that's neither here nor that's neither here nor there. I'm gonna go with in terms of a quarterback, I think I'll have to go with Huh. Ugly, ugly, ugly. I'll go Josh Allen. Josh Allen. All right. So we got Kyler Murray, Derrick Henry, Jonathan Taylor, Kenny Galladay, Devontae Adams, Allen Robinson, Mike Gusecki, and Miami's defense against Josh Allen, David Montgomery, Mike Davis, Devontae Parker, Stephon Diggs, Kenny Galladay, Travis Kelsey, and New England defense. This is the week, folks. I knocked the champ off this throne. Uh, speaking of Alex Smith, hey, what a way to get your first action. You have to go against Aaron Donald and get thrown around like a ragdoll. <laughs> Jesus. Hey, I don't know if you I don't know if you watched the game, but I'm, I'm, I did. I I'm did. sitting there. I'm sitting there watching the TV and I, I'm looking at I'm looking at the TV and his wife is in the stands looking like she's about to have a panic attack because 
She's so scared for his life. Um, it, it was, and then you got, you know, you're getting thrown around by Aaron Donald. I mean, I guess there's no better way to, to get acclimated back to football than to go against that guy. Welcome so, to the NFL. That's right. Welcome to the NFL. I'm sure he felt like a rookie all over again. Well, so I don't, I don't, I think we should also, you know, make a point to talk about what is the implication for McLaren now that it's Alex Smith's season? Man, um, you know, we actually, we, we spoke about this on Sunday. Um, I, I think it's a huge impact on Terry McLaurin's value. And I was, I was really high on Terry McLaurin. But the main reason why I was so high on him is the connection between him and Dwayne Haskins. Obviously playing together in college. I, I don't know. Honestly, I can't tell. Um, I don't want to gauge it based on one game against the Rams because they, they I mean, they couldn't move the ball. They were, the Rams were all over them. There was a pass rush there. Jalen Ramsey's on McLaurin. I'll tell you like this. He's not getting those 10, 12 targets anymore. I think he's, you guys better settle in on six to seven targets because Alex Smith doesn't generally lock in on one player. He spreads the ball around. He hits the open guy. Well, 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 before you go there, let, let's, let's, visit, let's visit what Ron Rivera said. If Kyle Allen healthy, Kyle Allen's the starter, according to Ron Rivera. True, true, so true, true. I just I, – honestly, I, I hear what you're saying, and I kind of agree with you. I just don't know yet. So if you're a Terry, Mc, if you're a Terry McLaurin owner, what I recommend is he's coming off a bad week. You're not going to get anything for it, right? Everybody's looking at the same thing you are, like, oh, he's trying to get rid of him because Dwayne Haskins isn't the starter anymore. You hold him. You go. You look at this week. They're playing against. I believe they're playing against the Giants. Um, it should be a plus week for him. He should have a huge game. You would be able to know a lot after this game if he goes into New York and it's the same thing we saw last week. You're probably in trouble. And then on the other end, if he goes into New York and has a huge game, he's not going to have a huge game. Do you know what it, Bradbury over there? That um, man, quarterback they, who they, they ain't cover nobody. Dallas threw the ball <laughs> down the field on him. The Giants are terrible. No, they have a quarter over there who's locking people down. Man. And Amari Cooper didn't do shit. Man, watch the games again. <laughs> the New York Giants are running bracket coverage on the team's best receiver. At least they were last week against Amari Cooper. And that's why CeeDee Lamb ate them alive, because they were just bracketing Amari Cooper and Michael yeah. Gallup, and the middle of the field was wide open. I don't think they do that against Washington. I, I, I mean, they might, but they did it against – they tried to do it against the Rams, and it worked against them as well. But against Washington, I don't know that they look at Terry McLaurin like that kind of guy. I'm just saying, if he doesn't produce this week, you might look elsewhere. If he does produce, I probably a good time to sell high. Well, speaking of, yeah, Joe Judge might be on his way out if they lose another game over there and start 0-6. There's been – it's 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 looking ugly for some of these coaches. Let's be real. Let's be real. <laughs> 2020 is a shitty year for New York. I mean, you know, yeah, we, you got the Owen Owen 10 between the Jets and the Giants. I mean, you know, COVID hit the fan on them first. We got the Yankees got eliminated. COVID, it's just it's just not nice for New York uh, sports right now. So um, we'll, we'll see though, man. I'm, I'm interested. That, that's a good point about Terry McLaurin. We'll we'll definitely see in the coming weeks kind of where he fits in and what his value is. Uh, and uh, and our listeners, I think me and Mukes are due to get a trade one of these days in one of these leagues. So we might do one live on the air for y'all coming up pretty soon. We're in quite a few leagues. As long as I'm not, <laughs> as long as I'm, as long as I'm getting better, I'm I'm ready to pull the trigger. You already know me. Okay. Any league, anytime, anywhere. Um, you heard it from him. 
That's right. And we and you know what? That would be a good that would be a good thing. We'll we'll talk something up on the side and maybe we'll we'll make it happen live on the air. Uh live on the air, baby. Next it's nothing weeks. better. All right, man. Uh another quick quick good show. Uh, we got a lot to get to, obviously, in the coming weeks. We'll we'll hear about the fallout from the COVID stuff if any more games get postponed. Um next week we'll talk about uh the Tuesday game, the Buffalo and uh who plays Tennessee and Buffalo. We'll kind of recap that one, even though. Um, it's happening this week, and people are still waiting on scores. big, big fan, big, big fantasy game coming up, Buffalo and uh, Kansas City. So uh, we'll have a lot to talk about that. And football on Tuesday, man. I, hey, I'm not knocking it. I can watch football every day. So the more we get into these Tuesday and Wednesday games, send it my way. I love it. Um, other than that, check us out Friday. We also have uh, another show dropping Friday. Hear my rant of the week, and then Sunday we got a new show on Twitch. Woo, woo, woo. With my co-host Justin Henry, it's called the Lineup Setters. Check us out live on Twitch at 6 a.m. Pacific time. Um, we also can be streamed after the fact on all major platforms: uh, Spotify, iTunes, Apple Music, all that crap. Uh, just look up the Lineup Setters. And again, we talk about daily fantasy. We have a little DraftKings um, challenge, and then uh, we we help you set your lineups, take live questions on the air, and get you ready to win your matchup for that week. So again, check me out on Instagram. It's sideline to sideline pod underscore or sideline to sideline underscore podcast on IG at S2 Podcast on Twitter. Check out David on Twitter. It's at SAC Experts. And man, keep um keep listening, man. We're gonna try to keep bringing you that fire and get you ready to win these leagues. Nothing but heat, man. This uh this guy, Aaron Mukes, like I say every week, working hard, bringing you guys nothing but fire content. And it sounds like he's gonna be on his way to doing some dope lineups with a couple guys out here and man tune into them because it's going to be nothing but stuff that can make you win your week and that's what we're here for winning weeks week to week winning weeks so go get your lineup set man nothing but love for them brothers and uh man check me out on twitter at sack experts uh i'll keep dropping that content for y'all yes sir until week six we out <laughs>